I am back. I'm back with John McGuire to the left of me. I'm here. And nobody to the right of me because I don't know where my son is, which is perfectly fine because he's, uh, you know, he's loving spaghetti lately. Really? Spaghetti is a big thing. Spaghetti. I mean, who doesn't love spaghetti? I don't know. I'm. I, it's the funny thing. He doesn't like when we say spaghetti. He's like, oh, we are not Italian. We don't speak that way. Does he actually say that in a full sentence? Yeah, it's, well, not a full, implied. In, in implied okay. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's right. That's he good. doesn't like when we speak Italian to him. I'm like, you're one quarter Italian. Full-blooded Italian. He is. And you're like three quarters Mediterranean. I've heard, yeah, it, it works. It blends. No, no, he's three quarters Mediterranean. Oh, I know he is. I'm half. He's Allison's quarter, a half. I'm full. I can't do math. No, math is not math is not math. this time of night, math man. Math is bad. Tell us what we need to talk about. So tonight, we saw A Quiet Place <laughs> 2. And holy shit, we got some thoughts. We also heard the new Death From Above 1979 album, Is For Lovers. We're going to chat a little bit about that. Uh, George watched False Positive on Hulu. And I watched, as well as George, because I made him watch it, The Devil Below on oh, Netflix. God. And so we'll, we'll wrap that up a little later in the I, episode. I've realized that now whenever you say, oh, I got a good horror movie for you, it moves quickly. It's like a brisk one and a half hours. That really means this is going to suck. And it probably got a 5% Rotten Tomatoes. Not necessarily. And I'm going to Google that when I get done giving you this cocktail. What? I'm going to Google what it, what it's rot, Rotten Tomatoes was. I would say it's 14% is what I would give it. It can't be 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. All right, we'll do our cocktail first. So this is a death cocktail. This, Ooh. You know, I went with the thematic thing, I Death mean, from Above 1979. Yeah. Uh, it's called the Red Death. This is one that you're going to use. Something you probably haven't drank since you were a sophomore in college. It takes one ounce of Southern Comfort, a half ounce of vanilla vodka, a half ounce of slow gin, which is a berry liqueur, so it's not like a traditional gin uh, that you may be used to, uh, or the, like the gin that I make you make cocktails with because it, the recipe sounds cool, then I realize it has gin in it. A half ounce of Contrao, a half ounce of Amaretto, a half ounce of lemon juice, four ounces of orange juice, and you are going to pop it in a shaker full of ice. You are going to shake that some bitch real hard, get it nice and frosty, strain it into a, I mean, with this amount of booze in it, you're going to need a pint glass full of ice, and you're going to top it with an orange wedge. It is going to be so flavorful, you are going to want to have at least two, the Red Death. Oh, I actually like that. That's something I would drink. Yeah, it is it is definitely like a, it's, it's, a, it's for all intents and purposes, it is a tiki-esque cocktail without any kind of rum in it. And the rum gets replaced with Southern Comfort and vanilla vodka. So as a bonus thing for your patron, not patrons, for your for your Kickstarter people, you really should create the cocktail of one, two, three action. I should make a three, two, one action cocktail. Three, two, one, one, two, three action. Oh my God. I can't, yeah, clearly I'm- uh, You're tired. It's fine. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I should. I guess I, I, I could do a thematic cocktail for each different book. Yeah. Well, now you've given me something else. I mean, if I were you, I would have done one for every like chapter. But nah, that's going a little crazy. Go well, a little crazy. Well, then I'm going to be writing my own bartending book, which is funny because I don't drink anymore. I will say this, though. Creating cocktails is definitely easier than recording an audiobook. <laughs> Mother of God. I would do that every day and twice on Sunday then have to read another audiobook. I got to talk to Chris Gethard about that. I've read his, I listened to his audiobook. He did a pretty good job. I wonder if uh, Audible has any secrets to that or how they, you know, train people. I mean, some people are horrible. Read slowly. Read slowly. Well, I mean, look, Chris Gethard is an amazing comedian, and he's done work in, like, movies, TV. He's been around, so he's definitely, like, the kind of guy who you're like, I I'm going to listen to his audiobook because I know it's not going to be sucky because at the very least, it's going to be delightful to listen to, but you know you're going to laugh your ass off because Chris Gethard. Yeah, I, I, like, the Game of Thrones series, those had a very good narrator who was a character actor. Right. So he did different voices. The problem was halfway through the Game of Thrones series, the Audible books, uh, I believe that guy got sick. Or, he was very old, the guy who was doing it. He was right. like a classically trained like theater actor. I don't know what his name is. But he was doing the, the, the voices, and then he stopped. And then I was wondering what happened. They brought in someone else who was not very good. And then for the last book, they brought this guy back, but I think it came out that he had some sort of Alzheimer's. Oh, that's terrible. And because of that, he forgot some. I don't know. He might not have had dementia, but whatever. He forgot like some of the voice, like the 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 way, that the nuance, and some of the voices. Right. I mean, really weird. In fairness, I read a hundred eight page book 
It's a two-hour and 35-minute audiobook, 53 chapters. I can't imagine what it would have to be like to record a song of ice and fire <laughs> by yourself, right? I mean, I, there, there's, you know, it's a big difference. So good on that guy. That uh, had to be tough. You, you look like you're having troubles with your headphones. I'm okay. You could just rip them off if you want to. No, nah, it's you okay. Don't have to worry I, I need about to hear you in my earballs, George. Uh, I understand. You know, I've used ear earballs now in in at least two Verizon videos. I've seen it. I, I've completely nobody's stopping me from doing anything no, at this point. Because your earballs. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, I speaking of Verizon, I just launched a new Pokemon campaign. We're in, in celebration of the fifth anniversary of Pokemon. We've turned a lot of our stores into Poke Stops and Poke Gyms. Oh, that's awesome! And uh, customers can come in and scan a barcode and get a whole bunch of Poke loot. And they can there's raids throughout the month uh, on various Sundays. Well, I guess uh, something's going on. I don't know whether I ended up on Reddit or not, but I've gotten like 25 hate mails in the last hour. Oh, from man. customers who are like, I went to this store and it was not a pokey store. No one knew about it. And I'm like, it's only in, you know, it's not every store. Not every store, not every Verizon store is a Verizon corporate store. Right. There's a lot of um, indirect retailers yeah. that are not part of every promotion. There's Verizon. You know, it's. Yeah, it's not. Even, no, that's not. That's the fake one that T-Mobile made up. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. What? Verizon. Oh, I was just I was just being a silly guy. No, no, no. no. There was a bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're going to pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. What jerks. But uh, I, I, you know, look, look, they're not reading the fine print. And that's great. We love our customers. But wow, I've gotten some like nat like I'm just like ignoring at this point. Yeah. You that's know. been my last hour. Well, listen, I'm glad that people are out there checking out Pokemon again, doing Pokemon Go. I tend to believe, and, I, and I've said this before in the past, I think I've said, said this on this show, it, the last time everything was like really good is when Pokemon Go like hit and everyone was like hanging out, yeah. you know, going out, walking, people were walking, chasing Pokemon, hanging out in parks, and then everything went to shit for a bunch of years, and then we had a pandemic. So, man, I am so happy to hear Pokemon Go is back and better than ever. Hey, people are trying to walk again. Uh, it is 100 degrees outside. I wouldn't walk today. Or is your or your, is your house beeping? Oh, yeah. The beeping has started. Oh, yeah. I mean, it started this morning with like some plumbing issues in my house, and then once everything settled in, I just heard beep, beep. So just so people know, it, uh, John has a um, he has a I forget what it's called. It's uh, a, an APC power. An APC power. I have one in my office too that doesn't beep. But you know his air conditioner, all this stuff he's powering in his in his lovely, gorgeous luxury apartment is causing the beeping noise to go off quite a bit. Last year, I don't know if any of you remember, we had this issue, but we were oh remote gosh, last year. Yeah. So I would call in, and he would you would be so pissed off. Yeah. And it would just like, I don't know if you're angry at me, the beeping would be every like two minutes. Oh, I was never mad at you. It, it was just, you know, like, you know, Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe had the telltale heart where the heart beat under the thing. I had like the telltale heart, it, except it was like, you've got too many things plugged in, dickhead. And now we're going to beep like every few minutes. And I was in there for an entire day at that point because we weren't going anywhere with the pandemic. Yeah. So I'm just like all the beep. beep. And last year was a fucking hot summer. Yeah. And I just, I it was so funny because you started going like, hey, George, can we tape at like 11 o'clock at night? I'm like, no, fuck no, we're not taping at 11 o'clock at night. Why do you want to tape at 11 o'clock at night? You're like, because it's a little cooler and it beeps less. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's the thing too. You know, I'd have to like close my door so the AC wouldn't pick up in the background. Of the, so it was just a noise factory in my house at the time. But, you know, it was, it was fine today. It was good today. I'm happy to be here. Uh, at the Headhunters Lounge, it's nice and cool here, and uh, it's even hard sometimes. Sometimes to get so the Headhunters Lounge, that's our basement, and uh, pretty much where we do all our wrestling TV shows, and and you know we hang out, we tape this. It's kind of a rec room, not a man cave, not definitely a man not. Cave, but it is it's our basement tiki lounge, and it is like always. 55 60 degrees down here like all perfect. year round it's like the perfect temperature but sometimes when it hits those crazy heat in the summer it even still gets hot down here and there's no air conditioning down here so we we risk stuff a little bit um so yeah quiet place too we finally got to watch it and i am so happy i got to see it i'm gonna say it's my early contender for movie of the year horror movie of the year or movie of the year both Hmm. I, I'm going to say that I was, you know, it's a sequel, right? Yeah. So sequels always generally have, to a degree, 
diminishing returns. Unlike, say, with like Marvel movies where, you know, sometimes you got to get like a turd to get to the next one. So it's it, it builds out in different ways. This, in a lot of ways, was a different movie than the first Quiet Place. And it, it takes the narrative and the perspective from different directions than the first one did. And they even though you know what the gimmick is, right? Because obviously, you know, for those listening at home, in a quiet place, these are monsters that track people by sound. So you have to be completely silent. Yeah, they're very much like the monsters. If anybody here has played last of us right there it's kind of almost a hybrid of their scary like the the zombies in last of us don't look like zombies as much as they could be aliens too but some of them have faces that are like flowers some of them can only hear by clicking they don't actually hear at all right i feel like this monster is whoever i mean john krasinski i don't know who the art director was for this but they were definitely a fan of lost last of us because the monsters in this are kind of giant hybrid versions of the last of us zombies and they are vicious vicious they're fast oh, we were talking about it we we honestly so we always usually talk about what what apocalypse would we survive and i think this should be a whole segment in itself uh but we always wonder, well, can we survive a slow zombie apocalypse? Can we survive a fast zombie apocalypse? <laughs> like, you know, can we just survive the stand if we don't die of the plague? And I'm like, you know, to varying degrees, we survived. John less so than me. Yeah. But I, I you know, I'm a little I take bit, no offense to it. I'm a little bit better with uh, with a chainsaw and, and some weapons. He's better at hiding in the the secret closet i have right over there exactly secret Not closet. that'd be a good name for a band too if you change the name of your band <laughs> Say secret country everyone's working Se- for secret, secret closet. closet i don't know why i just thought of that but um uh, in this case there's no way we would survive no i mean slow zombies i think i would be okay as long as i could stay on my feet and i didn't get i thought about this after we talked about this on our, our chat i was like you know what if it's slow zombies as long as I could stay on my feet and none of them ended up on top of me and I didn't get boxed in a room, I could I could survive slow yeah. zombies. Not a problem. Any zombie that does like even like light cardio, I'm fucked. So that is <laughs> like, yeah, just, you know, are you a speed walker? Fuck it. I'm dead. I'm just going to lay down and let you do it. Um, eat my brains. So with The Quiet Place, though, if you like accidentally like bunk into a couch, they're going to find you and kill you. Like a hard fart will get you murdered. Like, no shit. And this, I thought, was such an interesting concept in the first one because, you know, to me, the ultimate hunter in horror is the xenomorph from Aliens, right? I would dare say... I'd argue the Predator. I I would say it may be a foot race between them, right? I would say... Above them, though, are the creatures. I don't even know what they're called, the creatures from The Quiet Place, but the monsters from The Quiet Place are, are in my head canon, the most dangerous and vicious hunters in all horror because. Hunters. Uh, hunters, creatures. Because I would put creatures, I would put Cloverfield above. Hunters, I do give it to the Quiet Place monsters. Well, Cloverfield is 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 like a kaiju though. That's like a Godzilla class I mean, creature. It's fucking terrifying. It's terrifying, but it's it's something where. If you're fucked, if you're in the if you're in the city and that thing is coming through, the buildings are coming down. There's no escaping that. But I'm talking about trying to have a fighting chance against a creature. The Quiet Place takes it every day and twice on Sunday because you you can't make a sound. Yeah, like if you make a sound, you're as good as dead. And then what happens? So cool. You figure out a way to shoot the thing. So you you, you accidentally bunk your knee on a, uh, on the the couch. It starts coming for you. You have to shoot it. Cool, maybe you kill it, but now you've made an even bigger sound, which is going to attract more of them to your location. So it's like the biggest risk-reward scenario of what do I do? Because I, I got to kill this thing. Because they're also huge. They're also, it's not like they're... they're giant spider creatures. Yeah, they're, they're, they're giant spiderish creatures, yeah. And I mean, you know, if you look at the average person being between, like, I don't know, 5'5 five, five and 6 foot-ish, these things are like 7, 8 feet tall. Yep. And they're scary as shit look let's talk about the movie a little bit uh spoiler alert they killed john krasinski in the last movie if you haven't seen it yet you should it's one of the best horror movies ever lead actors killed at the end this picks up right after it only minor complaint 
the children, the movie came out like three years ago. The children are like already aged up a little bit. Yeah. Trying to do them the next day, but the fact that they're like four years older is kind of funny. It's funny too because they also do a flashback in the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Uh, to show you like the day everything starts. And so the kids are like, they're four years older in the flashback that takes place like a year before the first movie. A year before where you're at the first movie. Yeah. So it's, I mean, look, and, and the, the kid, the kids are great in this movie. The kid no, actors great. are great in this movie. So, you know, you got to give them a little grace because, yo, puberty happens to all of us. Yep. It, look, it, I thought that was a little bit funny. Uh, this one, I, 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 look, the first movie people loved and I enjoyed it. Problem is when I recently saw it again, I felt like it dragged. And it was only an hour and a half long, but it felt like a two-hour movie, the first one. And that's why I struggled with the first one a little bit. I felt like it just got too long to get to what it needed <laughs> to do. But the first one worked more like Jaws, which you were waiting to see what the monster would look like. Right. Like Cloverfield almost. Uh, and then it was more like the Terminator. I found it, it seemed to be a little Ooh, bit easier yeah. to kill them in this one. Uh, and that's largely because they found what hurts them, which is uh, an amplifier of white noise, loud white noise will immobilize them so it opens up their head flower and you could shoot their head. So the, you didn't need to learn how to kill them in this one. What they needed to do here was expand the universe, which they did. They find a new person, a new neighbor, uh, who after a couple turn of events uh, are able to uh, help show them. They try to get to humanity. It's very much there is a radio voice playing music. They need to find out where this is coming from. Maybe that's where people are happy and living without the monsters. Uh, I will say what is terrifying this movie is, and we're going to talk about babies a lot this episode, uh, is there is a baby. Ooh. Uh, you know, is it, who's the mother? I'm blanking. Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Yep. Um, she has a baby at the end of the last movie, and that is fucking terrifying because babies are literal, literal human noise machines. Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> they, they find this crazy contraption that allows the child to be in a little, like, coffin breathing through a ventilator a vent you know you know through uh an air oxygen tank that allows the baby to be quiet but it is just terrifying to even think of being this yet so as much as we talked about before how horrible this world is add to that you have a baby that's just making noise all the time so these movies are harrowing to watch that's a good way to say it and it's also while it is a completely open world because of the fact that you cannot make a sound to survive in this world, it also becomes claustrophobic in a lot of ways because every character is really closed in at all times in their own surroundings. So, you know, one would not have thought, like if you had told me years ago watching The Office that that the dude from The Office <laughs> was going to go and become eventually Jack Ryan, but also like direct two of arguably some of the best horror movies I've ever seen, I would have been like, you are full of shit. But here we are, John Krasinski, directing these things, writing these things like, you know, delivering. And delivering a sequel that does not have diminishing returns because it's slightly different in just enough ways where, you know, you made a great comparison before. The first movie's very much like Jaws, right? Mm -hmm. Jaws 2 is more of the same, right? Mm -hmm. It's, you know... It's the same. It's almost the same movie again, practically. Whereas this, it's a very different story, and yet very like. Every time I see that little baby in the box, I'm just like, I, "Oh, there's a scene in this where uh, the baby and his slightly slightly older brother, oh yeah, are trapped in this uh, in this chamber, and they're running out of oxygen." And the boy has to use the baby's oxygen to survive, and he's passing the the oxygen. He's just like, it's not like two adults who are shit. It's not like Iron Man, Tony Stark in the beginning of Endgame, with trying to save his breath. Do you remember that? The yeah, very yeah. first scene. This is way worse than that. So I can't imagine what that's how bad it's like as a parent seeing something like that. You know, seeing a scene like that. I know how bad it is for me not having children seeing that. So I can imagine it's like a hundred times more. We're going to get to this more later when we talk about a different <laughs> movie that I watched. Okay. But uh, look, Quiet Place 2, the pacing is incredible. I was talking before about it. I felt the pacing on the first one was a little slow. This one's a little bit longer, but moves so much quicker. They do uh, get out of the farm. They get to see what the rest of the world is. So you get to see a lot more of the universe. I love the beginning where they show what happened to them in their small town when the monsters came. You do find out a little bit more about where the monsters came from. While not their full backstory, you do see 
what they are. I thought they might have been from below the earth. Yeah, we don't want to spoil it. Though. We don't want to spoil it, but I thought they might be below, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it might be like more like a you know the King Kong situation where the oh, the kaiju yeah. come from inner earth or mm-hmm. middle earth. But uh, very interesting there, and I enjoyed the new guy who helps out. You know who helps? Cillian Murphy. Yeah, I don't. Who is he from? What? I recognize so, his face. You, but he was in some Danny Boyle movies. He was the Scarecrow in the Nolan Batman. Ah, that's where I know him from. Also, quick little commentary, little side. So this is in theaters right now. Um, Fast Nine came out, and it you know it's the biggest box office since like 2019. And I I was laughing about that take. So I'm not surprised that Fast Nine made money at the box office. And I just remember like Christopher Nolan, like, no, we need to put my movie in the theaters. It's going to be the thing that brings people back to theaters. And it's like, nah, you dickhead. The thing that's going to put asses every 18 inches is Vin Diesel in a car. And that's exactly what happened. Look, Tenet was also bad. Well, and it was also bad. I, I, I felt like it was implied. But like, that is not the kind of movie that is going to save the movie industry. It's going to be a bunch of dudes in cars. And hopefully when they cross over with Jurassic Park. It's fantasy booking, but I'm putting that out into the universe. You aren't saying you're not the first person I've heard say that either. Oh, I know. I've read it different places, and people are like, well, I don't know. I don't know. But you know there's some think tank over at Universal going, hmm, can we print money by having the dinosaurs chase the cars and put Ludacris in it? And the answer is, fuck yeah, I will go see that movie. Well, I think everybody, if you have a chance to see A Quiet Place 2, it's in movies now. It will be on demand very soon. I believe it only has a one-month window. 31 days. Yeah, before it goes on to Paramount. It's going to be on Paramount Plus. Yeah. So if you have Paramount Plus. That's part of the package, but you'll pay for it uh, if you want it on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, look, definitely check it out. I, I do agree it was one of the best horror movies I've seen this year. I am uh, very excited to see three. This very, I, I'm going to spoil it that this does end on a cliffhanger. Not a cliffhanger, but like a... You know, it ends this story, but it ends sharp. And I have a feeling the next one probably will pick up immediately where this one left off. Yeah, and the kids will probably be three years old. I know, I know. That's the problem <laughs> with doing these kids things. They're eventually going to look like the Stranger Things kids. Yeah. Oh, but, man. But I'm psyched about that. Uh, Death from Above 1979, one of my favorite bands from the early aughts, uh, back with the new album. Uh, those who do not know, di- 1970, uh, Death from Above. 1979, also known as DFA 1979, also formerly known as Death From Above, but they got sued, uh, are back. They uh, have a, a great new album. And if you don't know who they are, they're one of the rare um, bands that are a two-piece. Yep. Unlike, unlike the White Stripes, who are guitar and drums, this is bass and drums. And I find, wow, God, I'm just burping for some reason. It's okay, now. and you think you're the one drinking club soda, but I, it's me. It's, it's, I'm, I'm drinking, uh, you know, I'm drinking uh, Gatorade. Uh, this album's called Is For Lovers. It is very much return to form from Death From Above. I've read some interviews lately that the two members of the group uh, were very upset that in recent albums that they've done, their producers had kind of tried to force them to sound like more of a band. Right. Like a larger band, lots of production value, lots of this and that to make them sound more than just a raw two-piece bass and guitar. Right. And they're like, fuck that. We want to sound like what we sound like. And and this definitely does sound like that. It sounds like you're listening to a guy playing bass, a guy playing, you know, lots of effects, distorted effects to make the bass sound more like a guitar. But this is what you love about Death From Above if you're a fan. Have you ever heard them before? Oh yeah, I've I've have heard them before and it's funny because <clears throat> around the time they came out there were other um other acts that were kind of in a similar vein but it was like, you know, you had the White Stripes, you had the Japan Droids, but that's guitar and the, drums. The Kills, who I the think kills, were guitar, guitar and, and drums. drums. Yeah. But this was bass and drums. And I you know, I I can completely see what they're complaint would be in a situation like that because once you start adding all that other stuff in there you start getting away from like what makes the band cool and interesting definitely above 1979 was also one of those bands that like when you listen to their records and you, you kind of sonically hear what you're doing they're doing you're like man i would hate to be the band that goes on after them yes you know and I, and i've definitely heard that from people who you know in the past like that's the kind of that's the kind of band like even like this four lovers like i don't even want to Say like it's a return to form for a band like this, but it's it's a band that has been around for a long time who is just making great music that they want to make their way, mm-hmm. and it sounds like it. And I recently saw a documentary of them on Amazon um, about their, the, you know, they, they formed, they released two albums, and they had a hit album, and then they broke up. 
and there was a huge like what happened to them type of thing because there was they came out during the era where I, you know I think it was called like the 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 garage rock the return yeah. to the garage rock led by the white stripes with the hives and and there was all that music and these guys felt 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 fell more into the dance punk yeah like the faint and the and Franz Ferdinand stuff right. like that but they did it with two instruments it was always I've never seen them live I would love to see them live but they broke up. They did get back together again, and they've released some albums since. And I just love the raw intensity of this. Uh, we've always talked about this before. My favorite type of music is very much live to two tracks. Yeah. And just play. And that's why, for me, my favorite albums, I know this is a, you know, a lot of people don't agree with me. I love live albums. Live albums are recorded properly are my favorite albums because I love to hear what a band sounds like live. I want to hear them raw. It's why I love the Pixies. It's why I love... You know, it's why I don't love Nirvana's major albums because they sound so overproduced that it's hard to really enjoy knowing that that band sounded amazing live. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain energy that you most bands, I will say, cannot capture from their live show to their studio albums. One such band, and it's something that has been been spoken of for like decades now. Soul Asylum is one of those bands where Soul That's Asylum. That's not where I thought you were going with this. I'm, I'm going to take you to some strange places, homie. Just. Just roll with it. Okay. Um, Solo Time was one of those bands where, like, they're a completely different band live than they are, like, on record. You know, there there is such a, a wildness and ener- a wild energy to them. Maybe not so much as they got older, but, like, you know, leading from, like, you know, Clam Dip and, uh, Clam Dip and Other Delights, uh, Say Which Will Carl, uh, Hang Time, you know, even up to the point where they had this the breakthrough with Grave Dancers Union where, like, they kind of just finally said fuck it and, you know, made, like, a really arguably accessible album for a lot of different people and, you know, AOR Radio. But, like, that was the kind of band that was, like, you were like, wait a second, I saw that band and they were awesome, but what is this? Why didn't I put two and two together? Your favorite bands are The Replacements and Husker Du. Yeah. Of course you would like Soul Asylum. Minneapolis, bro. So this is the kind of band, though, that, like, it, it translates like a one for one translation between like what what they would sound like live and what they sound like on an album, especially on this album, where like even like the slower tracks still move you. And like maybe it's just because it is just bass and drums, but like it really does connect in a very bodily way that a lot of other albums don't connect. Does that make sense? I agree. Uh, I got to ask you something. Then. Yeah. There's one other band from that grouping of bands. And you've never mentioned liking them before, but now I gotta ask because I think you might like them. How big of a Lemonhead fan are you? I fucking love Lemonheads. I fucking knew it. I love so they the, fit in perfectly into that grouping. The Lemonheads are funny though because it's really just Evan Dando, and and that's the thing. Like he, you know, the Lemonheads when oh my god, where are they on? Like Tang records? Tang, 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 yeah. Tang. So you know the boss tones. You, you have hate your friends and you have lick, mm-hmm. which are really. The only actual Lemonheads albums where you had other b- members of the Lemonheads in the band, right? And then you have It's a Shame About Ray, which is just Evan Dando, a drummer, and Juliana Hatfield. And then from there, it wasn't even those guys anymore, and it was just Evan Dando and whomever he was allegedly doing drugs with at the time in the bands. So, like, yeah, I, it's so funny because it's still the, oh, yeah, so you have them on vinyl. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, you have Creator, too. Shit. Yeah, so Creator, Hate Your Friends, Lemonhead, uh, Hate Your Friends and Lick. That's the Lemonheads. Everything else is just Evan Dando, but I love it. I love it. I love all that 90s shit. The first Everclear album, Sparkling Fade, I still maintain is an absolute masterpiece from front to back. Whew, I'm all excited that, about music. That, by the way, is a first pressing of Hate Your Friends because it has the blue. The blue. The blue. Uh, I actually, so, <laughs> quick start guy. I wish you could call him in, but he never answers his phone. Greg Gethard. Uh, got me into the Lemonheads. He really? had Hate Your Friends very young. Uh, I think when when It's a Shame About Ray came out and he went digging and I believe uh, Bobo at Let It Rock oh, Bobo. had the old ones. Yeah. And he bought them up. I had to hunt those down later on. Right now, if you try to buy them from Tang, the new versions, they're like 50 bucks. Tang, so I've been to Tang, the record store in San Diego. It's still there? They just like their prices are like if you go in there to buy a Boston's album or that from there, you don't get like you should have to pay less if you're buying from the fucking label. You're paying like $35, $50 for a record That's to tough, go. Man. And they're not 
first pressings. Yeah. It's just stupid. Uh, you know, you go to SST, records used to be like five bucks if you bought directly from SST. Yeah. But whatever. Regardless, uh, Death From Above 1979, great new album. Definitely check it out. Oh, yeah. And, oh, so you have the, you see, if you're on the uh, the Apple Music, the new Dolby thing that they have is pretty neat. I haven't tried it, but it works with, with the AirPods Pro. Works the AirPods Pro. Yeah. Yeah. I can't figure out how to get it to work on other things, but with the AirPod Pro, it's like a whole new dimension no, of listening to music. So it only music. works with AirPod Pro, so you have to be in the Apple uh, universe. Okay. okay. Uh, I would recommend you watch movies on your uh, Air, on your iPad. Really? So the iPad, if you have the latest version of iOS, which you probably right. do, and you listen with the, Air, Air, with the AirPods, and you're watching something that's been tuned for it, like HBO Max... Oh. Or um, obviously anything on Apple TV, but like many of the, I think Netflix too, it literally, when you move your head, it moves with the sound. That's groovy, It's man. really awesome. I listen, I watch a lot of movies on, on iPad at night. Yeah. While Gabe's sleeping with the the AirPods on, and it's awesome. Yeah, listening to uh, the Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust the other day with the Atmos, the, the Dolby or whatever it's called. Awesome. Yeah. Are you glad I got you a pair of AirPods? I'm so excited. Uh, and I just can't hide it. Well, those things actually keep getting better as they, you know, they actually push out new uh, new things. If you ever get tired of the earplugs that come with them, you can buy foam ones on Amazon. Really? That aren't that expensive. And those actually even get a better seal because they're not as, they're not, they're not rubber. They're, they're foam. Yeah. It might keep falling out of my ears. So yeah. I should so, do that. Yeah. Definitely recommend that. Uh, so the, um, the next thing we're going to talk about is the baby movie. The baby movie. The baby movie. So I I forgot the name of the movie. Why did I just blank on the movie? It's Fertile. Oh, no, it's uh, it's not Fertile. It's, uh, Why am I thinking Fertile Crescent? I'm thinking the Bad Religion song. For some reason, I'm completely blanking. No, it's blanking. False Positive. False Positive, Fertile Crescent. You know, False Positive is the new A24 movie that just dropped on Amazon this week. That's so that's cool. A twenty four. That's actually Hulu, though. Hulu? Are you sure it's Hulu? Yeah, it's where I saw the it ad for Hulu. it. What do I know? What? Why? I'm the fucking worst. Why do you continue to do this show with me? Because you're my best friend. I love you. I can't like even remember. That's how we hang out on Tuesdays. You know, I am so burnt out. It is on A twenty four. It is on A twenty four. It is on Hulu. It was on Hulu. Yeah, I think it was on yep. Hulu. Because I remember the Solar Opposites, which we should talk about after this. Oh, we should. Uh, but th- this movie. Was the movie everybody wanted to see this week? That was actually the one that was, uh, you know, exciting people. People love A24 movies. A24 is, rene- you know, I think we said I tried watching every A24 movie. I got to a point where I kind of had to stop because they're too smart for their own good sometimes. Yeah. A little this, too artsy, not enough artsy. This is a weird movie where it falls into horror, but it's not really horror. Yeah. It's more of a thriller, but it is Rosemary's Baby modernized. Oh, that makes Except sense. Except you don't really know if the baby's going to be satanic. I don't think they're going the satanic panic route. They're going for more of the men controlling women's body route. So it's it's right up your uh, right up your wheelhouse because of the Handmaid's Tale that you love so much. Well, no, that's post apocalyptic almost, or like you know, it's it's in a different. This isn't the future. It's like modern New York City, right? Yeah, it's modern New York City, and it's you know, it stars one of my favorite men actors in the world, Justin Theroux. Oh my God, he's so handsome. I would so have his babies. I mean, I I don't know. He's one of the most handsome men I've ever seen. If I were gay, I mean, that would be my man. Like that guy is just him and Hugh Jackman. Like there's just something, and it looks like like I always thought he was like. If they ever need a doppelganger for Hugh, Hugh, uh, like an American Hugh Jackman, yeah, American Hugh Jackman. How tall is Justin Thoreau? Could he be Wolverine? I don't know. He's tall, but so is Hugh Jackman's tall too. Yeah, no, you need a short guy. Marvel, you need a short we know guy. Who to play the, you know who's like high up on the list of Wolverine? Who is it? The dude from the Boys, the bad guy, the Irish guy. Not the bad guy, but you know the guy, the leader of the Boys, Billy Butcher. Yes, really. Yes. Oh, bro, I'd fucking pay to see that. Yeah, I think I, first I hear he is high in the running and he's carl urban yeah as wolverine that's what i'm holy hearing holy fuck I'm that hearing. would be amazing but you know who else i'm hearing too who <laughs> harry potter radcliffe yes uh, Ooh, wait no it, it works but you'd have to do younger wolverine actually radcliffe i mean have you seen radcliffe lately yeah but it doesn't do it still doesn't do it for me not like billy butcher would Billy Butcher's Billy Butcher's the obvious choice here, guys. We gotta go back to False Positive. Okay, sorry. False sorry. Positive is the most fucked up movie I've seen in a very long time. 
uh, not martyrs level, but pretty up there. It is basically a movie of a woman who is trying very hard to get pregnant. She gets pregnant and she has the, the multiple multiples. So she has two boy twins or she has a weaker female and she has to choose to keep one and destroy the rest or oh keep, keep one of the two. Yeah. And she chooses the girl and okay. she wants the girl. And I'm trying not to spoil much because this movie, I want to say this movie is very good. This movie is very fucked up, but it's very, very good. It's basically like she wants to have the little girl. No one else wants her to have the little girl. There is maybe some darker stuff going on in the background. And it has a very, very fucked up ending um, involving a doula. And you look, I don't besmirch anyone and how they choose to have their uh, children, natural births and all that. But I always get terrified, just personally terrified anytime someone's like, I want to have a natural birth. And I'm like, what happens if something goes wrong? Having had something go wrong. Right. Like it always, I'm like, and if something went wrong, we could not have done anything. Like we couldn't even do anything. There was yeah. nothing happening to us. But like, what if something fucking goes wrong? And you're still in your bathtub. And you're in your, your bathtub with a doula. Like it's not, I don't know. What if you need an emergency C-section? That happens a lot. Yeah. So I, that's where I get a little bit. And I'm not, again, not judging anyone. No, of do, do what you do. But for me, that's pretty fucking terrifying. And in this case, yeah, things go wrong. And and then things go dark. And then she twists and turns into like fucking murder, death, kill. MDK all day. And that, all that, if all that is your bag, you'll like this movie. Well, it's also uh, Elena Glazer, who most Very people good. know from Broad City. In a dramatic horror role. She was fantastic in it. Yeah. All the acting was fine, great in it. Pierce Bronson as the OBGYN. Oh, he is fucking piece of shit. Love him. Yeah. Uh, it was, again, I, I watched till the end. The end scene is really fucked up. Um, I kind of want to say no, because that's like the trigger warning now. Like, I don't think any baby fetuses die. Babies don't really die in this. But it is just everything about it is just a level of warp fucked up. It's, people say it goes south in the final act. I don't think it goes south. I think it goes where it needs to go. It's just that place is a place most people don't want to go. Yeah. So this is horror for certain people. This is a thriller for certain people. It feels like a modernized Rosemary's Baby. I don't think the choice to keep certain babies over other babies is because of Satan. So I don't think it's going that route. But it's definitely about... You know, Pierce Bronson and and the de the you know there there might be a coordinated effort to have certain babies live over other babies, right? And it is just, you know, I I don't want to spoil it. If you like your movies a lot more warped, I like dark movies. This one may have even been a little too much for me. That's why I stopped you from watching. It. I appreciate that, man. That one was Thank this you. was just a little bit um, this was a little bit tough. Yeah, uh, but I but it was good. The acting was great, and the story was interesting, and it was different, and it was horror without being traditional. But it is one of the most fucked up movies I've seen in a while. So just knowing that, go into all that and judge for yourself. I think it's great that Hulu's putting out some quality stuff and getting some quality movies because they they have to they have to stay competitive to other services that are putting out you know AAA titles. Out of the theaters. It, it, it's it's bonkers right now because I'm, you know, Apple, most powerful company in the world. Apple TV, and I don't even know if I'm supposed to be saying any of this, but whatever. Like, I, Apple TV is not ha does have anything enticing. And it's not, no. most of these don't have anything. Like, you need to really be able to bring it, which is why Disney is fucking, they're number two. And they're, they're not, look, it took Netflix 100 years to get to where it is. So you're not going to catch it. took Disney too. They're not where Netflix is, yeah. but it is the number three, which might be HBO Max, is a far number three. And, not, yeah. and, and HBO Max is killing it. I mean, the fact is you're watching A-list titles the same day as the movies. Uh, what we realized as we're going through this experiment, some, some of them aren't that good and probably don't need to come in at the same time. Mortal Kombat. Uh, mm. Mortal, oof, Mortal Kombat was, was rough, but Conjuring 3 was fine. Uh, I, listen, I, I would have been happy with the theater conjuring three i was happier at home yeah i'm excited about suicide squad uh that trailer has done nothing for me yeah no, i think it's gonna be bitching 
Speaking of trailers and HBO. Oh, wow. Yeah. I saw the uh, the new Sopranos. What is it called? The uh, uh, Saints of Newark? Saints of Newark. Trailer just dropped tonight. And I got to tell you guys, if this, like, it is almost insane that this, this trailer was so good that I am baffled that the show that was The Sopranos that I just binge watched is what follows this movie. Because... This trailer looked fucking awesome. It it did, but it also looked like, you know, I, I have two thoughts on it. The trailer looks fucking great. However, and I know it's made by David Chase, who made The Sopranos, but it also doesn't look like it was made by someone who'd I mean, actually seen yeah, The Sopranos. I agree. I agree. But that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, I, this movie does not look like the precursor to what became the most boring you know, after season four, slow burn mob show, mob ever. show ever, like literally nothing happens and nothing happens except, you know, Tony Soprano kills everyone he likes and then gets off for it. Uh, I feel like there's actually repercussions to what happens. And I talked to Allison about this before. She's like, this is the story we wanted to see. This is the story of the building of the Soprano family. Oh, yeah. And the fact that Ray Liotta, who plays Tony Soprano's dad in the flashbacks in the TV show. Is in the, the movie. The fucking dad in the movies yeah. is amazing. Though uh, Vera uh, Farminga is the mother. She was not the mother in the flashbacks in the TV show, but she's such a great actress that I'm actually more. Yeah, who cares? I'm excited for that. Uh, I am so excited to see. I'm excited to see who plays Silvio, who plays Polly Walnuts. Did I also see uh, what's his name pop up in the trailer playing a different role than he was in the series? Who? Oh, I forget. Michael Imperioli. No, I can't believe that's him. Unless he's playing his dad. I think he might be. It, it, I, I caught I it for a second. So. Uh, it might be a relative. I mean, shit, Tony Soprano's played by James Gandolfini's son, which is crazy. Uh, I got. Uh, I didn't get much out of him from the trailer, but he was really good in the deuce. Yeah, no. I mean, honestly, the, the I trailer was. I, I didn't see. I would have. If I saw. If I saw Michael Imperiali, I would have. I would have noticed that I saw him. John Barenthal's in it as well. Yes, he might play his dad. Yeah, that makes sense, and maybe that's why when I saw it out of the corner of my eye, it felt right. But uh... in the TV show, and again, we're not going to have a Sopranos conversation now because I'm saving it. Uh, in the TV show, Michael Imperiali's dad, Christopher's dad, is Tony's mentor. Right. So he's gonna his dad's gonna be. In there. You might see a young Christopher, uh, but he would have to be played by a different actor. Um, I'm I'm excited for this. I'm excited for it too, and I'm we gotta very, we gotta separate ourselves from the TV show when we watch this. And I think it's important to do that. It's for me though, having watched The Sopranos and seeing this, it's a very different feel, and I think that's okay. I think that's good. I think it's good that it's a different feel. Uh, it, but it, that being said, it was nothing like I expected it to be. I, I'm excited again. It's a trailer. It's the first real trailer. Uh, by the way, this trailer is months before the show movie comes out, and like Snake Eyes, who dropped the trailer one month before the movie came out. I'm curious if Snake Eyes like is any good whatsoever. Have you seen the real trailer for it yet? I, I have, and it's hard to say. Not, there's not enough in it to really justify whether it's good or not. I'm curious to see how it is. Uh, not going to run to the movies for that one. We'll probably Ooh. review it a little bit later. Yeah. But um, we'll see how that is. I'm excited for the streets of Newark. I'm excited that, like, when they show the scenes of Newark burning and the riots happening, I'm like, yeah. oh, they're going to do this right. There was a scene in there that I, th I could swear to God was the back room of Rutt's Hut, too. Um, it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Either they taped it there or they, or it's, um, you know, they are using it. I'm curious. Uh, I mean, Rutt's Hut was doing nothing all last year, so they very well could have. Weren't busy. Rented it out. I yeah. mean. You know, uh, so I'm very excited to see that. But speaking of things that we gave a second chance to, well, I I want to say I want to say it before you say it. I mean, I'm holding out. I was wrong about Solar Opposites. I I've been talking about it for a while on the show. Every time you bring it up, I was like, ah, oh, I'll get around it. I'll get around it. I'll get around it. I, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. And then I finally did last week, and I watched the entire thing in like a day and a half. Like. It, Two nights I watched the entire series. Cause I mean, in fairness, it's only eight episodes and they're like 20, 30 minutes each, whatever. But um You saw season one. I saw season one and two. Oh, you did both. Okay. Oh, I watched the entire thing. I watched the entire thing and I was like really hoping that season three was coming, but you know. Um, you know, my thing with it is, and I stand by this, the hard thing for me to get over was Rick's voice. 
because it's the main character in this is voiced by the same person who does Rick and Rick and Morty. Justin Roiland. Justin Roiland. And like, it's not far enough apart. And especially with the kind of shit that the main character does, that it was it was hard for me to kind of take myself, take my brain out of it and be like, it's, it's, it's just like an alien version of Rick Sanchez. However, everything that George said was true when he was like, yeah, but it's really just about the kids and the wall. And I found myself being completely enthralled by the wall plot to the point where, like, once you get to season two and the wall is really in full effect, like, really in full effect, like, there's so many things that happen that pay off and pay dividends with the wall. And then also, like, you know, there are members of the family that are also doing other things that are kind of important and kind of interesting in the pupa as well. Like. You know, Pupa. you're you're sitting there, you're watching it, and it is a wildly different experience than Rick and Morty, which it's hard to get away from that, though, because of the voice. But once you do, you know, you just you don't so much forget as you just kind of be like, all right, whatever. He's kind of the least important character in the show. Yeah. And you just you just you kind of like let yourself get into it. Uh, I think I definitely agree with you when you, you say that it's better at world building than Rick and Morty. Um, and because of that, I think it is a bit of a richer experience as a viewer than watching Rick and Morty. Uh, however, man, I still fucking love me some Rick and Morty. Oh, no. And it, like, this it great, is this, this week especially. Great. But Solar Opposites, I, I think it has legs. I'm so glad people are finally starting to latch on to it. Like our friend Don Becker, I didn't poke him to watch it. No. He might have been listening to the show, but I never – it was funny that you and him both said at the same time you just gave it a chance. And you're like, this is really, really good. I have the same issues with Justin Roiland and Lemon Grab in Adventure Time. Yeah. So I saw Adventure Time after watching Rick and Morty, and that voice. Now I know he tries to be annoying, but it's Morty annoying as Lemon Grab. It's Morty's Lemon Grab. Yeah. And so I get exactly what you're coming from. Uh, I will just tell you this: Justin Roiland did say recently that there is a difference between Rick Sanchez and the Alien. Yeah. Rick Sanchez would have been able to get off the fucking the, the ship off the house. He's not wrong. He's like Rick Sanchez is the smartest man in the world. This alien guy is not even close to Rick Sanchez. I gotta say, everyone, a little quick little sidebar. You, you got if you haven't seen this week's Rick and Morty, it's one of the best of the series. It is such a, it's an episode. It, it folds into its, itself perfectly. You watch this week's? Yes. Did you watch the after credits? Yes. Oh my god, Just, the martyrs reference. Oof. The martyrs reference. Oof. My god. I, I gotta tell you though, I didn't like this one see week's episode as much as I watched a lot. I enjoyed last week's episode. I thought last week's this one was really good, but I was getting annoyed with the whole Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the gimmick. But the, the gimmick. But by the end, the gimmick completely paid. It was off. so good. The jokes that came out of the gimmick were great. I will tell you this that um we had a problem. Oh no. The puppet family. Oh no. Yes. Oh fuck. Gabe I didn't the, even think G- about Gabe that. Gabe made us turn it off. Oh shit! He wasn't upset about everyone being murdered. He no. was terrified. So in this week's episode, there is a puppet version of the family, and Gabe, who is deathly afraid, and there's two puppets, two puppet families. There was a more marionette style family and more of a hand puppet style family. He hated all and more of, of a Sesame Street family. Too. Yeah, yeah, just it did not go well. That did not work at all. So uh, definitely watch this week's Rick and Morty. But you know, if your kids are afraid of puppets, like mine is. Be be aware. Be careful. He's, he's definitely got a, an un un uh, unbridled fear of puppets. What was the Rotten Tomatoes for this movie that we're gonna talk about next? Let me check. You said you were, you said by the end of this you're gonna figure this out. Uh, yeah, I, I was the doing, devil was, be, the devil below. So the devil below is a Netflix creature feature. Um, it's uh, our so this week Netflix dropped two movies. They dropped um, uh, I forget the other one with uh, Guy Ritchie. Doesn't matter. We didn't watch. We it. didn't watch it. Well, I watched it, but we'll talk about it later. But uh, The Devil Below is about a, an expedition of uh, geologists going to a quarry to find, like, this special mineral. Uh, the quarry has since been shut down, though, for years because of a monster attack that occurred there. So this this is the kind of wackiness that ensues. It's kind of like The Descent, except it's not vampires, per se. And it's not good. Well, no, I, th- I do. I, th- I think you're going to be surprised with this Rotten Tomato thing. Let me get it. So I... Probably shouldn't have watched this movie so soon. Oh, fuck. So soon after watching. Oh, what is it? Oh, God. It's a 0% on the tomato meter, 14% audience score. 
Yeah, I mean, you really should just warn me about those beforehand. Well, I didn't check the Rotten Tomatoes. I tend it just to popped agree. up. And, I, look, you know. when you only have an hour and a half of your life to give, I need at least 50%. You know what? That is a fair... I know. Mine's, my, my life is different. I get it. I can, I can get by with like 35, but... Oh, dude, 0 and 14? It was pretty awful, but the problem <laughs> I had with it was it was too similar to another really good... Yet also, um, um, you got to check the Rotten Tomatoes on this. Also, uh, people didn't like it as well, but I liked it more, was As Above, So Below, which actually is what I thought this movie was and that you had gotten the name wrong. As Above, So Below is the story of uh, kind of like archae- what is the What's the percentage on that one? 26 tomato, 40% audience. Yeah, I enjoyed that movie a lot more. That was the story of an arch- and Maybe you'll like it, so you might want to add that to your list. Yeah. It was a story of a, a young archaeologist, and she finds out that there is this like secret caverns underneath the city. It might be in France. I'm not in the aqueducts under France where there's in the catacombs. Yeah. In the catacombs where there's bodies and stuff. She found a way where she can go deeper below the catacombs into the secret catacombs. She gets a whole group of like, it's like a heist type movie, but not really. Cause they're not heist type people, right. but they go down and they keep going down and they keep going down. You know what they find? Monsters. Hell. Oh, well, that's a flex. And that's why I was like, I was pretty impressed with that movie. Like, I'm like, it, they kept going down and they found hell. Like, it was like straight up hell and what they reversed. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but it was like what hell looks like to them. And it was fucking terrifying, but in a good horror way. I thought this was going to be like that. And it wasn't. It was more of a creature feature that I just, I didn't care for any of the characters. I feel like if I don't get absorbed in the characters early on, I don't like the movie. I can get that. And I didn't love any of the actors from the get-go, which kind of just pulled me out of the movie more than probably you, because I feel like you care more about the monsters. I do care more about the monsters. I I would prefer to care about the characters. And there are characters that come along later that I found myself caring about a lot more than the main characters. But, you know, they they go on this thing, the monsters attack. They have to survive the monsters. You know, one thing I I do want to say about this, I was actually having to talk about our friend Matt about it, is that... You know, there's some air. This takes this takes place in like Virginia. Um, there's some beautiful aerial shots, and and I I want to say like shout out to the people who made drones because there's so many indie <laughs> filmmakers that get to do so much cooler shots and like establishing shots and aerial shots than they ever would have and probably never could afford because of drone technology. You know, I also think that this what I enjoyed about this movie was it was actually dudes in suits. So it wasn't a lot of CGI. And then there was a shot towards the end that did have some CGI in it. But the way it was done was so clever that they actually made it seem like good. Like it was it was if it it can't be fully practical effects, we are going to do this thing to give you that practical effect experience. And I think, I think they really did a good job pulling it off. So, you know, I enjoyed Those it. The, so, so basically what John is telling you is the best things he enjoyed in this movie was the drone shots. No. And the CG at the end. No, there was, I, I really did enjoy the movie. I enjoyed the kills. I enjoyed like the escaping things that they had to do. I, it's an hour and a half. It's an hour and a half that if you are in a similar position like me, you can spare that hour and a half. And I did enjoy it. I did like watch it from front to back and be like, all right, that was a really solid little horror flick. I mean, the fertility movie was an hour and a half too. I don't know if I'd say just watch it because it's an hour and a half. You're not wrong. Um, I will tell you this though. Like you got a drone. You can make George videos that look like that. I mean, that's a fucking drone. Yeah. That's Verizon headquarters. That's amazing. And that is just, you know, all of a sudden you add a drone and like things just become so much better. You're right. I would just add a drone. Your movie gets 10 times better. Dude, I mean, it really, could you imagine how much that shot of your headquarters would have cost before drone technology was Do you imagine how much better Benny Loves You would be if there was a drone shot in it? I, I feel like that's right. That sounds right. <laughs> I'm just tying it all around. I know. I'm I like to call it back. all around. Oh, what a week. What a day. I am, I'm just burnt to the point of like pandemic work is just, it's just rough. Yeah, man. I'm just so ready to, I don't even know what. I, I got to tell you. I've been a little bummed out this week because of the Delta thing. Yeah, the Delta thing is kind of scary. My parents are in Greece. Ugh. My parents went to Greece yesterday. They've been waiting. Look, they have to get to Greece because my parents have to go there for financial stuff. Yeah. So they have to go. They have houses and stuff. They have to make sure the houses are still standing. Oh. They haven't been there in a while, and the, pan- the pandemic fucked up plans last year. We did not go because right. Gabe is not vaccinated. My parents went, and I'm like, hey, are people vaccinated in Greece? 
you're like we think so and then i looked it up it's like 13 percent. that's like, great they're not vaccinated they fully open the tourists and that delta thing just hit israel and half the people that have the delta in israel were fully vaccinated for covid alpha well, that's and, and now they're saying that alpha is gonna delta is gonna overtake alpha in the united states in three weeks according to the wall street journal so i'm like fuck my life this needs to start getting better um so yeah. i'm going to stop buying concert tickets until yeah. we see what october looks like because this fucking country is not getting any closer to to herd immunity yeah um but we have stacks with vax if you can get 10 percent off you show your vaccine you're vaccinated to verizon yeah it's gonna hold up for another month and just kind of see how it shakes out yeah i mean i do have tickets to rise against Right, but it's after all, show. all of a sudden, <laughs> last week, everybody was like, started announcing shows, like Bad Religions announcing shows. Yeah. Everybody, I'm just like, I am not buying that far out, unless it's Iron Maiden, unless I just like wait and see, because nothing's selling out either. I've noticed that nothing's selling out. Yeah, I mean, for me, what have you bought any concert tickets no, yet? Not at all. I'm gonna wait and see. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, like I, I don't want to put money up. For something I'm probably not going to do. Like, me and my girlfriend are supposed to go to Salem for, like, a couple days in August. But, like, we just booked a hotel. And I can cancel up until, like, the day before. And so I feel cool with that because I'm like, all right, well, you know what? If something happens, I can cancel. I'm not going to be out money. But you're also, it's also a different experience than something like a concert environment, especially indoors. Yeah. Where there's a million people. Um, yeah, I, my, my, my concern is not me getting sick at this point. It's more them, the rest of this country fucking shit up. Yeah. Tours getting canceled. Yep. You're stuck the money. Yep. Hotel's a different situation. Yep. But like every show is now 65 bucks. Well, yeah, because they got to make back up that money that the, they wouldn't the, make them the last year. So I feel like I've already got stuck with a bunch of tickets from 2019. I kind of want to wait. Again, not, not as worried. About, I'm worried about my parents a little bit. Of course. But uh, more about them getting stuck in Greece. But for me, it's more about I don't want to get stuck with holding the bag and a whole bunch of concert tickets. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Live Nation basically saying you got to eat it or we'll give you a free T-shirt like they did last time. Or I might go see the They Map Giants at some point in 2023. That's the only ticket I'm actually still stuck on. Yeah. But that show is supposedly scheduled for sometime next April. They'll get around to it, They'll man. get around to it. I'm excited for it. Look, I think it all will work out. I get Again, my concern is the rest of the country because tours will sleep if only new jersey and new york are available the bands aren't going to play to just new york and new jersey i mean on a tour they could you have to fly out just for it. it you know when you think of the cost effectiveness of it you could rent you you could fly out for it you could rent back lines you could rent gear and just fly out with like guitars and stuff like that i mean there are ways to do it where it would be possibly more cost effective than say, trying to tour in areas where people aren't vaccinated and then having to cancel those shows. Fair, fair, but then how come everybody didn't just play Florida? Because they didn't want to get COVID. <laughs> I mean, there's that. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could play, you could you could have done whatever you wanted in Florida this entire time. <laughs> but does that mean you should? You know, I, I, look, I, my thing is, I just don't want the country to have to shut down again because of the Delta. And I mean, who's to say it will or who's to say what's going to happen, but like, I don't I could do it. I could just hold back up in my apartment and just hang out with my girlfriend and the people I live with and remote in for other things again and just be like I could I could ride Next it out. Next time around you're coming here for podcasts. Yeah. I could ride it out. I'm 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 gonna if this happens again, I'm fucking fully believing in my bubble people. Yeah, no, because you know you know your bubble people can hang. But like but that's what I mean. Like I I'm I'm like, well, if I don't ha if I can't go to shows, I can't go to movies, I can't do whatever, like I'll survive it. I will survive it. I just don't want more people to keep getting damaged by this bullshit and their careers and their livelihoods because, you know, this thing is coming to riggedy wreck the country. Yeah. You know? But it, but, but it, it wasn't fun the first time. But it's stupid, you know, <clears throat> fucking go get vaccinated. Please go get vaccinated. Please wear go. a mask. Get vaccinated. Do what you got to do. You Still know. wear masks. Yeah. I wear, I wear it respectfully where I need to wear it. Yeah. If I see employees wearing it, I usually do just out of respect for them. Solidarity. Solidarity. I loved I went to my bike shop today to get my uh, bike tuned up, and there was a nice sign on the front that said, you know, based on the governor's mandate, you do not need to wear a mask indoors. However, when you come in, if you see any children in the store, 
please wear a mask to take care of our youngest customers who are not yet vaccinated. Yeah, that's, that's cool, and man. And that's like that's that's the way it is. Like if I see children under who look under the age of eleven, yeah. I'm going to put a mask on because I just want to be respectful of the fact that yeah, man. if anything, because they have to still wear a mask like my kid, I don't want to be like, well, why doesn't daddy have to wear a mask? But I do. Yeah, exactly. Now, Gabe thinks it's cool to wear a mask. So it works. Batman. Yeah, I mean, it, it works out fine. But um, yeah, so last night I had a moment where I was like, it was like one in the morning and I was reading the internet and I was reading articles, real articles. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is getting bad. Yeah. And then I checked in at work, and I'm like, "Are we getting bad?" And like, we're keeping an eye on it. Like, but yeah. Uh, yeah, deja vu all over again. But I will not end this on the sour note. We are super excited to have you guys all listening. This is episode two eighteen. We are enjoying being with you all. Uh, stay safe, please. Stay safe. I want everything to reopen. I want to stop thinking about the 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 tiki bars I've lost. I just want to open up new tiki. I want to visit all the new tiki bars that have. I want to fly again. Like, please help us out. Make never, us, never thought you missed flying until never you, you miss do. Flying. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I'll never miss the subway though. I'll never miss the subway. No. No. But uh, anyway, t- how can the kids reach you? Hey, you can find me on Instagram at John McGuire RPG. I'm posting some more stuff these days, or at least posting stuff in my stories that I think are cool. I might pop on Twitter again when I got I'm something to promote. I'm so excited when I see you on Twitter. Every time I see you retweet, I get super psyched because you immediately get like a hundred likes. Yeah, but then I just bounce. I just I don't want to be there. But yeah, I will retweet things that people that I know post if I can be motivated to go on Twitter. But yeah, at John McGuire RPG on Twitter. Uh, yes, George, where people find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at GLK Creative. Uh, Cult of George is my blog. My Thai Happy Hour is our joint Instagram account. You can find us wherever great podcasts are sold for free because we're free because we're cheap slots like that. We are. We are. Just the way we are. Uh, we are really like when you subscribe and rate and review. That's the best. Uh, you know, but if you just listen one off <laughs> on Spotify, we love you too. Yep. Have a lovely week. John, take us out. Everybody remember, be nice. Wear a mask where it needs to be worn. Get vaccinated. Have some fun this summer. Aloha. <laughs>